the Word of God found in the majority text authorized King James Version of the Bible is the fountain of life. It is living water. It is the manna that came down from heaven. It is the source of every good and perfect gift. The Word of God is not printer's ink and paper, but is spirit, God's spirit. God is a spirit, and God and His Word are one and the same. John 1, 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Of our Lord Jesus Christ, it is written in Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 13. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The Word of God is the answer to all life's questions and the solution to all of our problems. Jesus Christ said in John 3, 3 through 7, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. Have you embraced these words of life? Have you been born again? Imagine having all your sin and shame washed away, even your guilt fully expunged. Imagine God being your constant companion. Imagine a purpose bigger than you and yours. Today is the day of salvation. Today is your opportunity to become a direct descendant of God. Be born again today. Click on to Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and instant entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Job thirty-eight seventeen, Have the gates of death been opened unto thee? Or hast thou seen the doors of the shadow of death? God said, Genesis two sixteen and 17, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die." God said, Genesis chapter 3, verses 22 through 24, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand, and take also of the tree of life, and eat and live forever, therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden, to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims, and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. God said, Romans chapter 8, verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Man said, What knuckle-draggers these Bible-thumping Christians are! It's obvious that we evolved out of nothing. Science is our God. Now the record. This is part two, the final feature in this short series on the subject of death and life. Included in part one is the following quote from a 2008 issue of Nature under the title, Origins of Death. 
The tidy dissolution of the plankton was more reminiscent of apoptosis in animals, a synchronized wave of death orchestrated by some invisible hand to some unknowable end, end of quote. We looked into the scriptures and discovered the doors of the shadow of death and the very gates of death. These are very real spiritual places that demonstrate very real physical results. If you haven't visited the first feature, click on to a synchronized wave of death part one before you continue. Now the hand is visible and the end is clear. The progression of death is clearly described in the Word of God, and as always, it is confirmed by ancient histories and various sciences. Prior to the global flood in the days of Noah, the average lifespan of man was 911 years. To carnaldom, Methuselah, who died at 969 years of age, or Adam at 930, sounds absurd. But ancient history says yes, and yes, and yes. Click on to the following subjects. Amazing. 911 average years. If Carnaldom thinks that to be absurd, what about Adam and Eve who were created by God to live forever? The following paragraphs come from the God Said Man Said feature article titled, Is Immortality Knocking? Could something as fantastic as immortality be any more than a fairy tale? Is there some historic trail or scientific knowledge that establishes or points to such a concept? The answer to both questions is yes. As usual, the credibility of the Word of God continues to be verified. Theorists in the scientific field predict that one day we will have reached theoretic immortality. They base their predictions on two simple ideas. One, life expectancy for the American male was approximately 50 years in the year 1900. 100 years later, it rose to 74 or a 48% increase. Two, knowledge is increasing. The following paragraph is from the Dean's Message from the University of North Carolina, Greensboro's website. It reads, We are all striving to keep up with the quantum leaps being made in all areas of knowledge. It's estimated that medical knowledge, for example, doubles every seven years, and scientific knowledge doubles every 20 years. The total written knowledge in the world is said to have doubled between 1450 and 1750 and then to have doubled again between 1750 and 1900. Between 1900 and 1950, human knowledge doubled once more, and then again from 1950 to 1975. Now, it is believed to double every 900 days. By the year 2020, global knowledge is predicted to double every 72 days, end of quote. The theory suggests that if you can live for the next 20 years, Technology and understanding will have increased to such an extent that cures will be found for the physical problems you'll be experiencing at that time, extending your life another 20 years. When you lived your 20-year extension, technology and understanding, theoretically, will have again increased uh, to cure the physical problems you're experiencing, extending your life even another 20 years, and so on. Now, that's providing you're not murdered or killed in an auto accident or killed by terrorists, etc., etc., of course, students of the scriptures know that Hebrews 9.27 reads, And as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. That settles it. However, the purpose of this article is to demonstrate that Adam and Eve's immortality was a very practical concept. After our original parents disobeyed God, that very day they died spiritually, 
and the physical death process began. The Bible dubs it the law of sin and death in Romans 8.2, while science calls it the second law of thermodynamics. From the original plan to live forever, man's lifespan prior to Noah's flood drops to 911 average years. After the flood, the average lifespan is recorded to be 120 years and drops even further to the psalmist record of three score and ten years or 70 years. This is very interesting when you consider what science has discovered concerning why we age. One scientific rationale on aging that carries serious credibility is called the somatic mutation theory. Authors Morris and Clark define it. A somatic mutation is a sudden random change in the structure of the cell of the body. Since almost all mutations are harmful, the gradual accumulation of mutations in the cells of various organs and tissues will inevitably lead to impaired bodily efficiency and eventually to complete breakdown of one or more bodily components. Keep in mind that nearly all mutations are the product of ultraviolet rays from the sun. End of quote. In the Nature article, Origins of Death, the following statement is published from molecular biologist Asa Vardy. Ultraviolet radiation, carbon dioxide limitation, iron deficiency, and viral infection can all trigger cell death and eukaryotic algae. End of quote. Now back to the excerpts from Is Immortality Knocking? Found during recent scientific research delving into why we die was this discovery. At the end of every chromosome is a long strand of DNA called a telomere. Every time the cell divides, its DNA strand shortens until there is none left. At this point, the cell begins to age and die. Now keep in mind that DNA can be killed only by bacteria and ultraviolet radiation from the sun. And if I had to guess, I would suggest that most bacteria is also a result of UV rays. I've emphasized the concept of radiation and UV rays and the fact that man's lifespan is only one-thirteenth of what it was before the flood in order to bring your attention to a critical piece in the puzzle of mortality. Remember, DNA is destroyed by bacteria and UV rays. Prior to Noah's flood, a water canopy existed above the sky encompassing the earth. See 120 years on this website. During the flood, God opened the windows of heaven and poured rain upon the earth for forty days and forty nights. Also, the fountains of the deep were open. According to scientists, this water canopy, which ancient peoples knew as the celestial ocean, would have filtered out the UV killer rays from the sun, which destroy life. It would have also created a greenhouse effect, causing the whole earth to be of a tropical-type climate. See the following subjects on this website. Now that the water canopy no longer exists and has been replaced with a one and one half inch thick ozone layer, the UV rays bombard the earth incessantly, contributing in a major way to man's abbreviated 70 year lifespan. It is interesting to insert here that one scientist suggested that encompassing the astronaut's vessel with five feet of water would eliminate the effects of deadly UV and other harmful radiation bombardment. His immortality knocking continues. In Dr. Reginald Cherry's book, The Bible Cure, the following paragraph is found. Scientists have been trying to unravel the mysteries of aging for decades. In the early 50s, Leonard Hayflick, a scientist at the University of California, San Francisco, discovered a very interesting thing. 
All human cells are able to reproduce themselves only a certain number of times. This is estimated to be about 50 cell divisions, which Dr. Hayflick estimated would place the human life at between 115 and 120 years. Researchers still don't know what drives the cellular timetable, but the lifespan of humans seems to be set at approximately 120 years. Researchers can study a culture of human cells, and they divide repeatedly until a maximum of 50 to 60 divisions, which equates to 120 years, end quote. New research now being conducted by Michael Rose, an evolutionary biologist at the University of California, is focused on extending life. He is experimenting with fruit flies. Fruit flies are likely candidates because they reproduce rapidly and make it possible to see the generalization effects of their experiments very quickly. In his laboratory, he has managed to double the lifespan of fruit flies, raising a lot of eyebrows. When he was asked how far this life extension could go on, he answered, The flies in my lab can potentially live forever, but of course they don't because they have a high likelihood of dying by accident. When the question shifted to the human lifespan and are there discernible limits, Rose said, not at all. I believe the limit of the human lifespan is the limit of human technology. The following excerpt is from the article in U.S. News & World Report titled, The Cells of Immortality, it reads, But even if everyone were to receive special longevity genes, each cell in the body nonetheless carries the plans for its eventual death right in its DNA. At the end of each chromosome is a long strand of nonsense DNA called a telomere. Each time a cell divides, the strand gets a bit shorter like a burning candle wick. When it runs out, the cell can no longer divide and is left to age and die. But scientists have found that the enzyme telomerase can rebuild the strand over and over again. With the help of this substance, human cells have been enjoying immortality in a, parish, a, pe- a petri dish excuse me, at Geron Corporation for more than 200 normal lifespans. The following is the lead paragraph in an article in Discover magazine titled Immortal Cells. The clusters of human skin cells basking in a sterile incubator with alarms poised to go off if the level of carbon dioxide drops or the temperature wavers from 98.6 degrees appear to be blessed with eternal youth. Under normal circumstances, skin cells divide about 50 to 70 times and then quickly wither and stop dividing. But after nearly two years in the laboratory at Girard, Uh, a Menlo Park, California biotech company, these genetically altered cells are approaching 400 divisions and still show no signs of aging. They just keep multiplying. From the same article, biochemist uh, Cal Harley had this to say, telomeres are now known to be the clock of cell aging. Telomerase is the enzyme that can rewind the clock. It gives us a way to restore and increase lifespan, a youthful lifespan to aging cells, end of quote. Man continues to grapple with life and death. He continues to search for the fountain of youth. A final excerpt from the Nature article, Origins of Death, reveals the massive hurdles blocking the way it reads. Apoptosis is masterminded with extraordinary finesse by a group of protein-splitting enzymes known as, <coughs> excuse me, known as caspases. The scissor-like ability to cut proteins that sets these enzymes apart 
is constrained uh, to very particular sequences of amino acids. They operate in cascades in which one caspase activates the next by slicing through a protective protein sheath. Each step amplifies the death signal until an army of executioners has been let loose on the cell, dismantling membrane structures, slicing up DNA, dicing proteins, end of quote. When God, the first voice in the Garden of Eden, was rejected for Satan, the second voice, man sold his birthright and future to a new and deadly leadership. Satan became the God, little G-O-D, of this world. Satan's M.O. is to steal and to kill and to destroy, thus the synchronized wave of death. But God's master plan shows the way of escape, the way to immortality. It's surely astounding that after thousands of years of medical and scientific achievement, the words of the Bible still sit upon the throne of all. When man arrives at his eureka moment of revelation, he discovers that God is already there. Regardless of what appeared to the unsaved as biblical absurdities, God's word will always be vindicated and is the arbiter of all that is good and true. Embrace the God of the Bible or surely be lost. The God of the Bible has constructed a way of escape from the law of sin and death. It is the way and the truth and the life only discovered in Christ Jesus. Here's God's plan to reverse the law of sin and death for the born again. Number one, God destroys the second voice, Satan's, and all those who follow Satan. Only the first voice, the paradise voice, remains. Revelation chapter 27 through 10. Number two, all of his children are resurrected in a new glorified body. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Number three, God destroys the present contaminated heavens and earth with a loud sound and a fervent heat, 2 Peter 3, verses 9 through 11, then replaces it with a new heaven and earth where no sin exists. Number four, the new Jerusalem then comes down out of heaven. It is approximately 1,500 miles wide, deep, and high. Concerning the sun in particular, the word of God says in Revelations 21, 3, and the city had no need of the sun neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And then again in Revelation 22, 5, And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Note the absence of the sun in this eternal equation, the source of ultraviolet death rays. Excuse me. Number five. Our Lord Jesus gives us living water and of the tree of life to eat. Revelations 21, 1 and 2. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on every side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Now, Genesis again, chapter 3. 20 through through 24. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and also take of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man. And he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. If you recall in part one, we said to remember 
the cherubims. The cherubims protected the way back to the tree of life, blocking sinful man from eternal life. In the holy tabernacle of God in the Old Testament, inside the most holy place, was the Ark of the Covenant, which was the place where God ministered His mercy and forgiveness. The word ark means protection, and covenant means contract. The Ark of the Covenant means the protection of the contract. Not only was the ark constructed by the direction of God's words, it housed the Ten Commandments, written by the finger of God, the pot of manna, which Jesus said represents the word of life that he ministered, and the rod of Aaron, which represents the authority and correction of God's word. Hovering over the uh, and protecting the Ark of the Covenant were two cherubims. You must get through them to access God's mercy and eternal life. Just as we lost paradise and eternal life through unbelief and disobedience, we can again access it by reversing the order through faith in Christ Jesus and obedience. Again, we see the 180 degree principle. First John chapter 2 verses 1 and 2. My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now imagine this marvel. One of the definitions of the word propitiation is mercy seat. This mercy seat sat atop the Ark of the Covenant. God fixes everything for his children. No more sin, no more contaminated earth and heaven, a new Jerusalem where there are no more damaging effects of the sun, and the pure river of life and the tree of life to replenish our eternal bodies. But in order to participate in this blessed hope, you must be born into the house of God. Click on the Further with Jesus on this website for entry details. God said, Job 38, 17, Have the gates of heaven been opened unto thee? Or hast thou seen the doors of the shadow of death? God said, Genesis chapter 2, 16 and 17, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. God said, Genesis 3, 22 and, uh, through 24, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever, Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. God said, Romans 8, 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Man said, What knuckle-draggers these Bible-thumping Christians are. It's obvious that we evolved out of nothing. Science is our God. Now you have the record.